Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Announcement time. Is that what time it is? It's game time. Huh. <laughs> Guys, first of all, we want to thank the Loudspeakers Network, home to Brilliant Idiots and Lip Service and The Read the and Read, all these great podcasts over there. We want to say thank you very much for our time for the last two years of letting us hang out over there. And we wanted to announce that as of last week... We are no longer allowed at the holiday party. We, <laughs> we have our own opportunities that we're pursuing, and we've stepped out on our own. We think there's been a lot of wins in our sales over 2018, and we wanted to start 2019 with full ownership and a lot of big expectations and big ideas and, and big fortune in our future. So thank you to Loudspeakers Network. And the reason why we announced this, the reason why we're not like just doing... Like Twitter says, mm-hmm. just Twitter, do. Yeah, Twitter says you can't announce things; you just have to do it. Right. Well, we're we're here because we love announcements. We <laughs> we feel like this is not just us. As much as it is just us, it's also you guys. And we wanted to make this a transparent process. We wanted to make this where you guys are just as invested in this operation as we are. And so, one of the things that we're doing is involving you guys in a newsletter. We've started a newsletter. We sent the first one out now. Yeah. I don't know when we... Like a few days ago. Okay. We sent but it out. But also like every day since. Right. But what day are people listening to this? I don't know. Today. Today. We've started this today. The newsletter is is for you guys. It's a way for you to understand what's going on with us, where we'll be, what we're doing, what upcoming events we have, what merch we'll have. It's so you can skip this intro if you want. It's so you can skip the commercials. It's a way to go directly to you and you to us. And there's a few different ways for you to sign up for this newsletter. And those are? Pay $500. <laughs> that is why we're independent, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, you can you can DM us your email address. You can email us your email address. You can go to our website and type it into the contact page there's lots of different ways to get your email address to us yeah you can write it on a piece of paper and throw it at us that's right if we're passing by you on the street you can attach it to a rock and throw it through our window (laughs) all these different ways to get in touch with us but the fact is that we want to be in constant communication with you guys however we can and we appreciate the fact that so many of you have lent your your information to us already. Yeah, we we promise not to sell it to Verizon. Like that's not what we're doing with right. it. All we're doing is we're sending out a newsletter <laughs> every couple of weeks or a month or whatever. That's right. It's just for us and you to be more in contact than we already are. Like yeah. you already hear our voices, now you can read our words. That's right. Yeah. So, starting now, now. Now. You can get our today. newsletter. <laughs> and uh and, you know, just get in contact with us. Yeah. And also, feel free to email back. And also, get excited because we have a lot of exciting things happening in 2019, including, Jeff, Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies has its own feed on iTunes and SoundCloud and and Stitcher and everywhere you can find Castbox. it. CastBox. Did you even know there was a thing called CastBox? I had no idea. Neither did I. Does it say it in the newsletter? Oh, I, I think it does. Okay. I'm all about CastBox now. <laughs> so... Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies, go to iTunes, go to Spotify, go wherever you subscribe, CastBox, and press subscribe. It has its own feed, so you won't get Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies on a Waste of Time's feed. You'll get it in its own feed. In the CastBox. Subscribe. Also, rate and comment, because that goes a long way. It matters, apparently. A Who lot. Knew? <laughs> Who knew? Like, 
it's a funny thing. I don't know how the iTunes rankings works. Yeah. But I imagine it has something to do with comments and subscriptions. So just comment. Even if you already subscribe, It comment. makes us feel better. <laughs> it, that's all it is. It gives us purpose for our days. Yeah. Guys, there's a lot of things yet to happen in 2019 for your boys It's The Real. But we're starting off today our first brand new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real in 2019. We have Jason Rembert. Jason Rembert, the celebrity stylist for so many people. Russell Westbrook, Odell Beckham, Issa Rae. Rita Ora, Spike Lee, Gucci Mane. And a whole bunch more, but that doesn't even get into his own personal journey to get to this point, Jeff, to make it here all the way from Far Rockaway, the child of a single mother living in small quarters with four other siblings, to go to school and skip class and focus on both math, but being fresh and... (laughs) Right? Right. Those are two opposite things. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't like both math and being fresh. That's right. You can only <laughs> you can only do one. Uh-huh. And to make inroads in the magazine business and then strike out on his own to try to do something that was so foreign to him. And it's so dope because here's a guy who this past year was honored at a ceremony with Dapper Dan and LeBron James. It's pretty incredible. Jason Remberts, the dopest dude. He came over here right after I nearly set the apartment on fire, but that's a whole nother story for another day. Jeff, maybe in the newsletter. When <laughs> do you want to get into this episode? Uh, right after I tell people that you can listen to episode 200. Yeah, that's the one about us. That's the one about us. Highly recommend that episode. Because people wonder, you know, who are, who are these two people I'm listening to? Well, what's their deal? Well, episode 200 is where you can find all those answers. I also think that people should listen to the Upscale Vandal episode. That's a great one. What episode number is that? That is episode number 152. Yo, Mike, who also goes by Upscale Vandal, is one of these guys on Instagram that you see everywhere. You see he's a part of everything. He runs with Rock Nation. He's always at Pusha T's side. You've seen him all over the internet. But a lot of people don't know what he does. Well, you get all the answers, his whole come up, his amazing story in episode number 152. 152. I also think that you should listen to number 170 with Jamal Jamo. That's a great one, too. Our friend Jamal, who is an executive on the digital side for Downtown Records right now, formerly at E1, before that worked with Nick Cannon, but before that also came from Far Rockaway. And his incredible journey of graduating high school early and getting into the music business almost upended by a super scary health situation. And to have overcome that and make it this far is one of the most epic conversations we've ever had. And I highly recommend that episode. Also number 127, Daytuan Thomas. Yo, all right. That's that's the episode that is probably the most underrated one of the whole bunch. And he's the only one, I'm pretty sure, who has talked about his experiences with the greatest president of the United States of America, Barack Obama. That's the one. Go check out that episode with our guy, Daytuan Thomas. Jeff, when do you want to get into this one? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Women's Wear Daily, a.k.a. Carmen San Diego. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Draped Up and Dripped Out, a.k.a. Business Cash Money Millionaires. 
I need, I need to get it. I need to get an intro. <laughs> yes, your third favorite podcast. We waste time with this for the real. Jason, what's happening? Yo, I'm grateful to be here. No, thank you so much for being here. And by the way, on short notice, this yeah. was like, and I don't know if this usually happens with you when you switch up flights, but you are here seven hours before your flight, and this is not like you know your flights in the afternoon. This is like a first thing in the morning flight. And you still showed up here the night before. Oh, no, definitely, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you guys were able to accommodate. Like, I'm grateful for that. No, thank you so much. Well, I think it just shows that, like, we've got nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Friday night, and we're just like, oh, yeah, you want to come over in 20 minutes? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we uh, here's what we had going on. I nearly burnt down the apartment, and, uh, and you can still smell the remnants of that. We used to cook for people, right, at the very beginning of the podcast, like three and a half years ago, we were like, here's an idea we'll invite people over we'll cook for them we made sea bass for gunplay we roasted a chicken and had vegetables for bun b like all these things right and then it was like that's not good no but like everybody would say that the food was good no the food was good but it's not good for the no, audio mean, experience there's no point for a podcast <laughs> but everybody would say like oh are you guys actually good cooks turns out eric is not a good no cook. apparently not yeah, like, no, we're down, down the, the spot like yeah. tonight tonight was it okay. can, so, you, can yeah. you cook um Wait, i can cook what i like Okay. okay. Like so, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So things I like, like uh, I like buffalo wings. There you go. So I'm, I'm really good with buffalo wings. All right. I love jerk chicken, so I'm really good with jerk chicken. That's what's up. But, Are but these th- recipes that come down from like your parents or something like that, or is this just like you figured it out one day and there it is? I don't know, man. Like, every time I cook, it's like I start thinking about flavors in my head and I just put them and they work. That's what's that up. That just sounds yeah. like you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you had. A hell of a year. Oh, thanks, bro. A hell of a 2018. How in the world can you top that? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I think uh, two, 2019 is about um, taking on different opportunities, uh, which I probably didn't have time for before, but I'm trying to make more time. I think 2018 was about diversifying my portfolio and my clientele and showing that I can do everything and anything. I mean, now is... I'm gonna do what I want. Which of your clients, and you have a lot of really big names, and we've everyone's seen your Instagram, and everyone knows like who you're styling. But who are some of the names that like came to you in 2018 that really like surprised you in major year? Odell Beckham, yeah. Uh, Steph Curry, yeah. Um, Ezra Miller, uh, Jennifer Hudson. Mm. I circled back this year with Erica Badu, and that was really dope. Yeah. Was Russell Westbrook this year? Russell Westbrook, I've I've been working with Russell Westbrook for two years, and I I just do all his magazine covers. So anytime he's like shooting a magazine cover, he hits me up. Uh, but I'm grateful that he continues to hit me up. Yeah. Did you get a heads up on Russell's new Jordans, or did you sort of like get the sort of reveal like the rest of us did? I got the reveal like the rest of you guys, but <laughs> the, but the the one before, like it was like more of the casual sneaker. Mm-hmm. I saw that shoe about six months ago, Damn. like b- before it came out. And did they seed you that early? Man, I still haven't got seeded. Russ, I need what? some shoes, man. <laughs> like, I ain't get seeded at all. I'm, I'm actually about to text him about you, it. You really should. Yeah. <laughs> also, tell him hi. Yeah. Come yeah. I got Come you, yeah. bro. <laughs> so, all right, let's go back to the very beginning. Where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from South Jamaica, Queens. Right. Uh, and I grew up between South Southside and Far Rockaway. What does Far Rockaway mean to you? Strength. 
uh, um, Rockaway was the place where I discovered um, who I was. I discovered that family was the most important thing. Like my mom was uh, a single mom raising all of, all of her five kids, and we didn't have much. All we had was each other, and so living in three bedroom apartment, six A in Redfern, uh, my mom showed us shrimp daily. She showed us that we can make it out this neighborhood. And I remember like walking in our building one day, and my mom, we overheard these two young girls talking. And it was like, yeah, I can't wait till I grow up and I can get my own apartment. And my mom was like, you should want more. As soon as we got in the elevator, she was like, you should want more. And so like that was, she instilled a lot of values in us that you know, I'm grateful, grateful for it. Like even now, like when I like, cause I, I have kids now. So, um, like my mom, she, she would send us to after school program every day. She would send us to, she would find us free programs every summer. Like I was a part of this program called Dare to Dream. And we used to meet at Johnny Cochran's office every month. And we used to go to etiquette classes every month. And it was just a really cool program. And it was like, it gave me outlets. And I used to go, like, she put us in, like, free tennis programs during the summer. And then when I got home, she wouldn't let me go outside in the projects. Because she just wanted more for us. Mm. She didn't treat us to think that we were better than anyone who we grew up with. Because my siblings were still down to earth, but she just wanted us to have more to life. And then my both of my brothers through basketball, they were able to go to boarding school. And it was just like, man, the sacrifices that she made really helped her kids have a broader view of life. Four siblings. Yeah, that's a big family. Yeah. Where do you fall in line? Middle. Right in the middle? Right in the middle. And what does that make you? The the sort of difficult one or um, the, the free thinking one or the one who got all the ass whoopings. <laughs> like my older brother did something, he blamed me. <laughs> my youngest sister did something, my older brother blamed me. <laughs> so I always got a ass whooping. Damn. So uh What you, were you interested in? Growing up? Yeah. Um Math. I'm only good at one subject. Math. That's it. Yeah. So not not science. No. Not music. No. Not writing. No. Just math. Just math. And so where did you want to take that in your life? I thought I was going to become like an actuary or like a, I don't know, a math professor or something. Really? Yeah. I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> I know, man. It's crazy. <laughs> My entire family were all good in math. Mm-hmm. Like, like accounting majors, like math majors, like we're just all good at math. Were you part of like math club and all that stuff, or was it just like you were just good at? I was a part of a a math club until fifth grade, Mm -hmm. and then in in sixth grade, uh, I went to a junior high school, middle school, and I had a really, uh, I met a really dope teacher there. His name was Mr. Johnson, and Mr. Johnson did an experiment on eight kids, and the experiment was. 
to that's when we were doing regents. Mm-hmm. So state tests. Yeah. yeah. So he prepared us for regents from sixth grade. We took our first regents in seventh grade. We took like three more regents in eighth grade. So out of the eight kids, four of us graduated high school in eleventh grade. Whoa. I'm one of the four. So how did you how did that affect your life? Um it didn't really affect my life because like when when I was in high school, man, like and graduation came, like none of my friends believed I was graduating. <laughs> like because I used to cut school with them. So I, I really figured it out. Like because I would get forties every 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 class would be forty, forty, forty on my like You're talking home. about the drink. <laughs> Definitely the drink. <laughs> but like my grades were forties, man. Like I had forties. It was horrible. But I knew if I passed the regents at the end of the year, they would have to give me a 65. So you could just... So I never went to class, ever. Like, never went to class. Like, I went to school, like, fourth period, left, like, seventh. Damn. But I knew I'm really good at taking tests. Mm -hmm. So I got regents, got a really high score. And then I graduated. I graduated in 11th grade with a 67 average. So your mother was aware of what was going on? No. (laughs) No. But my mom was a single mom working, like, two jobs and going to school herself mm-hmm. so she like to have time like to go all like i went to school in flushing mm-hmm. i went to Flushing high school which was two hours away from far rockaway damn so how far, are you getting over there uh dollar van to a bus to a bus so you had to like be determined to get there no wonder you were cutting class and no yeah. wonder you were showing up at fourth period <laughs> yeah no definitely man I, I was i was i was lazy but uh yeah, I was man. I was just a good test taker, and I went to like, like to graduate early, like because it was like certain classes I would miss, like economics in twelfth grade. Uh, I went to night school. Did you go to prom? Yeah, man. I was. I don't know. Did you guys grow up in New York? We grew up in Westchester. Westchester. Yeah. Okay. Westchester is different than the yeah, city, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So in New York back then, it was like if you fly. You're like the most popular kid. Sure. So I was the most popular kid. <laughs> like, By the way, that's the same for any school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. but really, like it like I I got I got to flush it in like tenth grade and like killed him. Like, yeah, in like three months, I, like I would like my my cousins were already there and they were like nobodies. And then like in three months Damn, like, are they every, listening to this? <laughs> yeah, but it's like <laughs> they probably are. Yeah. But like my cousins like they started being like, oh, that's Jason's cousin. Damn. Well, and everybody was there. Where do you get your fly from? My brother. Yeah? Yeah, man. My brother, he used to, he was he was like an amazing, he was an amazing brother. He used to buy me whatever I wanted. What did he dress with? Uh, back then it was like Vansons and Pals and uh, Maury's and Prada's and Invisal. Damn. And yeah, it was like Bape. Yeah, it was it was it was like that back then. And did you get hand me downs or did you get like straight up new stuff? Both. Yeah. <laughs> Both, man. I like his jersey, like he had every jersey. Like Whoa. every jersey and every jersey like the when he had the jackets, mm-hmm. he had every, he had every jersey. So he used to wear it out and then the next day I wore it. And then the next day he sold it. So he didn't just give it to you as soon as everybody started wearing like button ups. And he was just like, these aren't cool <laughs> nah, anymore. Nah. Like now you get all the jerseys. <laughs> nah, bro. He 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 looked out for me. Like like as as a as a brother, like he looked he looked out for me. Was it matchy matchy stuff? 
Nah, man. I, I, like I, I feel like I was like the first in my school who stopped wearing matching clothes mm-hmm. and who started wearing like tighter jeans mm-hmm. because like back then it was like you wore tighter jeans is like what's going on? Right, 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 right. So what was your shoe collection like in high school? Uh, Jordans, Tim's, um, Bapes, Maury's, every single color of Prada American Cup, every color. And you wore your shit. Bro, all the time. <laughs> I, I, like, now I'm, like, all black. Yeah. Like, like, I'm muted. Like, now I'm understated. Now I wear H&M every day. So you just went to school just to show out. Hell yeah. It wasn't for any of the classes. I mean, you, no, you the, fucking love math, social though. You were, you were there. You were just like... <laughs> no, I, I went to math class. Yeah. Because, like, it's actually something I actually liked. Mm-hmm. And my, um, I went to art because my art teacher, she was hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but... Did she respect your fresh? I think she commented a few times, mm-hmm. like, but it's it's sad that people are vain, like, mm-hmm. and so it's like, you could be the ugly dude and you be fly, mm-hmm. and girls think you are Denzel or something. Yeah, like Biggie. they, yeah, <laughs> like no, but it's true. Yeah. But that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. Thank God you didn't go to a private school. Imagine you like dressing up like the same thing as everybody else all the time every day. Oh, bro, I would I would have been on Will Smith. Like me, <laughs> yeah. I would have been fly. <laughs> Is there anything you had as a kid that you gave away that you're mad you gave away? Oh, so much, man. Um, I, I think uh, everything I've given away. Like now, I don't give away clothes, like my personal clothes. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't give away. Uh, but yeah, man. And I a lot of things were like stolen, like because back then, um, I would like especially like going into college, I would leave like stuff at home and then like. Like my brother friend would come to our basement, or like one of my cousins, and then it goes missing. And so, so. let's put this into perspective. Everybody talks about how Harlem turns out the most fly people around, and the only competition that Harlem people talk about, if they talk about it, is Brooklyn. Where exactly does Queens rank then? Queens is the flies. <laughs> <laughs> Queens, Queens, Queens is the flies. Nah, um, we, we, Harlem, Harlem, Harlem is the flies. I feel like a lot of a lot of styles definitely derive from Harlem. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for sure, um, a lot of uh, the influence, the the gaudiness, the 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 flamboyance, like. Um, well, who do you hold like on to? Like, are you when when Fifty was wearing like all the fitteds or like the the bulletproof vests or the like you know the big jeans? Were you just like, yo, that's us? Or was it like LL? Or, nah, like- bro. <laughs> I, nah, I know. I never like Fifty style. <laughs> nah, we we yeah. Like, I feel like probably back in the eighties, we definitely had it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with like uh, Reverend Run and um, yeah, Run DMC, Run DMC, and um. Definitely LL Cool J. Mm-hmm. Like I think definitely like back in the eighties we had it, and we we also had like I feel like we had like a lot more like street cred back mm-hmm. then too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, with uh, a lot of things was going on. But um, yeah, I feel like you you don't go to Queens like if you if you're from Queens and you get fly, that's because you either chilling like Soho. Or you're coming to Manhattan or coming to Harlem or something like that. Or, yeah, 
I don't think people in Queens like get fly. Like just just to <laughs> no, get they f- get Chinese food though. Yeah. <laughs> Good Chinese food. Yeah, yeah, that's why I go to no. Queens. But it's I feel like Queens like Queens you Queens is like when your parents make it from Brooklyn, they move to Queens. Okay. <laughs> and then when your parents make it from Queens, they move to Long Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if Harlem, if your parents made it, you go to Jersey. <laughs> like, you know? By the time you're getting ready to graduate high school, 11th grade. Mm-hmm. So early, are you afraid of like what is out there and what could be? Or are you excited about it? No, man. Because by that time, all my friends is is, is either older, one year older than I am. or They're two years older than I am. No one ever knew my age. Because you're black. <laughs> Definitely because I'm black. <laughs> No, but no, no one knew my age. No one, no one knew my age. Like my friends really thought, like I was, in, like the ones, the ones who were my friends growing up. They thought that I was the same age as they were. I cut classes just like them, which was true. Mm-hmm. They thought I filled classes, filled classes just like them, which weren't wasn't true. <laughs> right. And yeah, none of them graduated. But you got out of there. Yeah. You crossed that stage. Crossed the stage. And where'd you go? Hofstra. Out to the island, mm-hmm. and what were you planning to major in out there? Economics. Okay, thought, so uh, still on that like numbers. Yeah, I, th- I thought economics was it, and then I got there and I was like, man, this not should, quite. <laughs> it's a lot of reading and it's a lot of contradiction. So you lived out there, or did you mm-hmm. commute? I lived on campus. Right on. And what was your freshman year roommate like? Uh, he was weird, bro. <laughs> he was he was weird, man. <laughs> he, it was. Uh, I started in the fall, and he didn't wear. Like, he only wore shorts the whole winter. Why? Like, Where was he winter. from? Um, out in Long Island. I was um, going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's some Long, Long Island kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he wore, uh, he wore uh, shorts the whole... But they weren't cool shorts. This wasn't fashion forward? Nah, bro. <laughs> like, they were like probably like cargo shorts. Nah, but he... The he good, was on some survivor tip. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the good thing about him, like, he was super clean, mm-hmm. and um, he used to bake all the time. Wait, like, okay, smoke? No. Oh, and you right? So bake, bake, not bake, b- bake. yeah, bake, yeah. bake, and clean, clean, not clean, like you know, hashtag clean, like his like <laughs> you know, his fit was clean. So wait, so he was baking. He was baking like baked goods for you. He was baking baked goods for for everybody. Him. And you thought he was weird? <laughs> no, no, no. He was weird. <laughs> He was making you like muffins. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but he was it, wearing shorts. The shorts in the winter, like when it was like a snowstorm and he still had on shorts, I yeah, was like not normal. No. And we I was hot in the kitchen. Our um our dorm was the furthest dorm. Mm-hmm. Like we was like in C Square East or Far East. Mm-hmm. It was like far. I'm going to be honest, I have no idea where C-Square East is and how far <laughs> in, in relation to the rest of the campus it is. Man, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you on this one. Right. It's like a mile. Mm-hmm. It's like a mile to uh, all the way to... In shorts. In shorts. Yeah. yeah Freezing nah. cold. Yeah, no. Nah. Was it the same pair of shorts? I don't remember. You're a stylist. Bro. <laughs> but I wasn't, I wasn't looking at it like back then. Like I wasn't looking at like styling. Like I wasn't looking at what I was wearing. Right. So were you still fly at Hofstra? Yes. Same like jerseys, same like shoes. No, nah, probably not jerseys. By that time, I was like into the like designer clothing and like designing designer clothing, like like Margiela to and, class. Yeah, and you were a child wearing <laughs> yeah. Margiela. 
Yeah, but yeah, wait, that's yeah. amazing. You wait. entered you entered college as a young man too. This wasn't like even normal like age. Yeah, yeah. I was in like wait. like bait hoodies and stuff like because that was like really popular. But the full like, zip up. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was I felt I got a job at Nordstrom, so I, I learned a lot out there out there. Uh-huh. Where's Field, so I learned a lot about like brands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I also um, I used to shop a lot at Century Twenty One, mm-hmm. and Century Twenty One had like the international designers. And so I just used to buy a whole bunch of international designers. Like, so how did you make your style your own, even back then? Mm, man, I was I was just a risk taker. I was having fun. Like what? Like, I don't know. Like, I had like this yellow tweed DKNY jacket that I used to wear all the time. And I would pair it with like uh, some blue fitted jeans and like my black i had these black um louis vuitton like lace-up boots that i used to wear all the time and like a babe shirt you were really out here yeah i was i I was i was into it but like that was like the era i don't know you guys remember this era yeah ugg boots and juicy couture sweats yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm still in that era (laughs) (laughs) shout out to all my girls in long island yeah Yeah. that's That's real long island it was crazy yeah the north face do, do you remember uh it was it was this all the girls started wearing like these like yoga type pants yep. that was yeah, like yeah. um mm-hmm. it was like something till I forgot the name of it, but it was like this, it was like these yoga like pants looked like she was about to do like karate or something. <laughs> but yeah, everybody all the girls were wearing that with Ugg boots and I was like, Man, y'all look crazy. Right. Crazy good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's funny, though, because, like, that whole North Face style is now, like, way, way, way back in. So it's like, these things come around and, like... You rocking it? Hell yeah. Yo, listen, I'm ready for the Uggs to come back. The Uggs are back. (laughs) No, the Uggs are back. I can get you a pair. You want a pair? Let me know. What size? Yeah. (laughs) And what was working at Nordstrom like? Um, I worked in kids wear boys, so I sold a lot of like, um, like suit, like suits, like around, like, um, like it's not that com- communion, but bar mitzvahs, oh, bar, bar mitzvahs, yeah, yeah, yeah bar mitzvahs, a, lot, yeah. a lot of those, a lot of suits, commission, oh, fourteen percent, oh, wait, but I would stuff as much cheaper, but fourteen percent on like they they were buying like two suits at once, damn. Like, it was retarded. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's for the service, and then it's for the party yeah. after. Were you concerned with, like, their fits, or were you just like, let's get the, the suits and get them out of here? Wow. The latter. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck getting hired at Nordstrom, man. Nordstrom has never hired me. <laughs> so how long did you last at Nordstrom? Uh, like, 10 months. Okay. How was your fold game? Horrible. Yeah. Still is. Still is. Still is. That's why you have yeah. an assistant. Yeah. yeah. Was there was there a point where you thought like maybe you would elevate to another part of the store or? Yeah, I thought I was gonna go to shoes. Oh really? I tried. And why? What was the big like deal over at shoes? That's where the money was. Oh all right. no, no, but why did they hold you back? Um, because the manager was a hater. Damn. Like super hater. And so, Wait, after- because of you or because of your skills or like what? Um. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, like, popular black guy. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. Oh, so he was white? No, he was a black guy. Oh. Mm. And he was threatened by that. I guess. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yo, yeah. shouts to him. Shouts yeah. to you listening out there. Yeah. Still working in the Nordstrom Shooters Department. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, he's still at Nordstrom. After Nordstrom, you're still on campus. Mm-hmm. You're still focused on your, your numbers. Mm-hmm. 
when do you start to transition into something more creative? Um, I started working at a hospital after that, working in the kitchen, like making plates of foods for people. And I was working with like like all convicts. Whoa! Like all my all my coworkers are convicts. How did you end up in this situation? Um, because they offered me sixteen dollars an hour. All right. Yeah. At eighteen years old, like that's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Still a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was making I was making a shitload of money, staying on campus, going five minutes to work, and then. I started uh, interning, and I started interning at a magazine called L. Yeah. And then from L, even though I wasn't getting paid and I was paying to go there, it became more interesting than this job that was paying me $16 an hour. And then on my day off, literally just like Friday the movie, I got fired. <sighs> got fired. My boss told me that my interest doesn't seem to be at the job, and I... I'm more passionate about whatever else I have going on. How do you find yourself interning for Elle in the first place? Um, I first started off applying for Vibe because that's the magazine I knew. Mm -hmm. So I was like really into Vibe because I was into like what you would call hype beasts today. And so I applied for Vibe, declined, applied for Vibe, again, declined. So now I'm like, man. There's like, got to be another magazine. There has to be another magazine. <laughs> like I knew I didn't want to go to Essence because, uh, like, it was more like women based. Mm-hmm. Um, right, not like L. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, but and then I went on the site. I found this site it was called Ed2010.com, mm-hmm. and it was like three. I found it like three o'clock in the morning. That was all like the magazine jobs, yeah. all mm-hmm. editorial shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what L was. Didn't um, know anybody over there. I didn't even know what L was. Didn't like, take the L. Like, yeah. yeah, didn't take the L. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I knew the name. I knew like E L L E. And so I was like, man, like, like I'm gonna apply. And I applied and went to sleep. I woke up probably like 8 a.m. I got an email back at like at 7 a.m. saying, hey, can you come in for an interview? I'm Holy hyped. shit, they were desperate, bro. <laughs> Definitely desperate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took me. Yeah. I was desperate. And then it, I applied and they was like, I was like, oh, I can come in tomorrow for an interview. And I went in, and I thought I was fly, bro. This was the ugliest outfit I ever wore in my <laughs> life. Which was what? Um, a purple velour, like, I think it was Kenneth Cole blazer. First of all, into it. Yeah, yeah, Into yeah, everything yeah, about yeah. this. Bro, a DKNY, like, <laughs> beige and brown um, pinstripe button-up shirt. A uh, gray and beige pinstripe um, DKNY pant. A pair of Coach Brown loafers, and bro, I thought I was killing it. By you the were way, the Roosevelt Field Mall. What? Yeah, no, yeah. If you if you flash forward a, a whole bunch of years, and you have Russell Westbrook walking into an arena with that right now, killing it. Nah, killing bro. It. <laughs> bro, I'm telling the you. talk of Twitter. Bro, yeah. I, I can't even believe I still like. Re- I remember this outfit. It was yeah. traumatic for you. Yeah, yeah. it was horrible, <laughs> man. Because I walked in and everybody was like so stylish, and I'm like, damn, I look crazy. Yeah. And so it was just like Devil Wears Prada. It was definitely like Devil Wears Prada. Like going like, up the, the escalator. Yeah, it was it was it was nice. It yeah. Was, it was a nice building, nice yeah. office. It was uh like everyone, all the fashion assistants they were in hills. It was like it was nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I applied. I I got I got there. Did the interview with the fashion 
assistant who worked the closet. And then he was like, oh, I want you to do some more interviews. And I had like five interviews in an hour. I met with every single fashion assistant. Whoa. And then I left, took the long journey on public transportation back home to Hofstra. And by the time I got to Hofstra, I got the email saying I got the internship. What's going through your head like? Do you think that's like a big deal to you? Oh, that- I was hyped. Yeah. I didn't even know. Like, again, I, now I know how glamorous it was, like walking in. Mm-hmm. But before that, I didn't even know like what it was. But now I know I was hyped. So as an intern, what are some of the things they had you doing? Get coffee. Yeah. <laughs> can't do it. You can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, now you get paid for it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get coffee. So, like, run down, get all the orders ready. Yeah, I got coffee. I, I picked up photographs from a shoot. I picked, I dropped off stuff to a shoot. Dry cleaners. Yeah. I sat in cars waiting. Yeah. Um, cleaned the closet, reorganized the closet again over and over and over again, set up for run-throughs, pick up clothes. If it, you was, look, it was a lot. If you look back at it now, were you a good intern, a great intern, or a terrible? I, I was an amazing intern. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. All, all, all of... I have a relationship with every single one of my bosses. Wow. And now they're like huge editors. That's dope. Yeah. So how long was that internship? Uh, 10 months. What are some of the things that you really learned at their elbow? I learned a lot about fashion. I didn't know much about fashion. I didn't know as much as I knew about. I thought I knew about. Well, you walked uh, in there with that, yeah. that purple blazer and, you yeah. know. <laughs> Bro, I'm trying to tell you. Um, but, yeah, man, it was like I learned about designers and creative directors and also learned about um, requesting and returns and how to um, properly set up for photo shoots. Um, I learned about um, how important teamwork is. Mm. Well, who are some of the, the editors over there who really had an impact on you and like you saw like they had a vision? Um, a lot. Like Melina Joseph, Gilchrist now, she's married. Um, Jade Frampton, Jen Gatch, um, um, Annie Landino. When I was when I was there, Nino Garcia was the fashion director. Wow. Now she's editor in chief. Yeah. Um, Josie was there during that time. Kate Lamfer was there during that time. Um, Kyle Anderson, who's now the fashion director, he was there during that time. Yeah, it was a good time. Was Nina doing um, Project Runway? Runway? Yeah, yeah she just yeah. started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. Did you ever get to go? No, oh. bro. <laughs> I was, I was like the intern. But Nina, uh, I was a really good intern. And then when I, when I left, I wrote Nina like a, a card, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity and everything. And she ended up calling me into her office. Like I never spoke to her before this. She ended up calling me into her office, and, you know, she said, thank you. It's just like, if you ever need anything, let me know. And until that day, she shows me so much love. She shows, like, I saw her probably like two weeks ago. Wow. And she, like, she shows me so much love. What separated Elle from, from everybody else? Elle was my first gauge on how magazines are, and I thought it was tough. But then when I went to my next magazine, Elle was heaven. <laughs> What was the next magazine? W. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So the Condé Nast. Yeah. So now you're going to, that's still on 42nd Street, so you're going down to... It was on, at that time, on 3rd Avenue and 44th or 45th. Mm. So what are the lunch options like, first of all? <laughs> um, I discovered the first dollar pizza. 
Oh, all right. Over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, dollar bands, dollar I, pizza. Yeah, yeah, I was doing yeah. dollar pizza for a long time, and it was like this small, like the, the space is ten by ten, and it's still there today. Mm-hmm. But it was the first dollar pizza in New York. Yo, they should expand it before everybody. Yo, straight they, up, like there's a lot of people today who, all the kids. I know it's cliche to say, but all the kids are like. You know, I want everything now. I want it fast. I don't want to put in the work. Like, I should get it immediately. I want the returns right away. Um, You put in work and you weren't getting paid. Or if you were getting paid, it wasn't that much. And you put in the time. I wasn't getting paid. how How did you, like, sort of rectify that in your own mind? That, like, you know what? I'm going to be patient. I'm going to work, I'm going to, I'm going to maintain relationships and I'm going to get to a point where I know more and I'll go on to the next step of the ladder right after. Um, I didn't know. I I had a very, very supportive mom who she, my mom gave me like $20 a day and like to help me pay for food and transportation. Like, cause by that time, like I told you I got fired from my job. Yeah. And I wasn't working at North Carolina as either. So I was staying at home and my mom, she gave me, uh, by the time I was at W, I was staying at home. And my mom gave me $20 a day. Mm. And I used to travel every day to my internship. So did your did your brother or anybody like older than you be like, yo, this is the path and like I see it for you? Or mm. were you just like... Let me just try this. No, nah, my brothers thought it was. <laughs> they thought it was gay. Oh, okay. <laughs> they was like, yeah. man, It was like, Jay, you got something to tell me. <laughs> and I was like, nah. But I know your brother like was making fun of you, but like, did you in any way feel like conflicted? Like, what you know, this is a weird path for me, or, or not a weird path, but like a stranger path to go into fashion when nobody else around me is going into fashion. No, but by, by that time, um, I, I was so uh, confident in who I was and. Um, my friends, my friends, uh, who I surrounded myself with were so diverse and like some were straight, some were gay. And, um, I was, I had this, uh, confidence on and knowing who I, who I was. So no, I didn't feel that way. Growing up in an urban neighborhood where it's, um, you don't really see much about fashion back then you didn't you didn't know anything about fashion you didn't know what a fashion stylist was you didn't know what a fashion editor was and i think at that time my brother was just ignorant also at that time um any runways you're probably not getting a lot of the um the hip-hop community there um you're not seeing a lot of um rappers or r&b singers or actors that are african-american in a lot of editorials so what was that like for you at a place like w um l there l there there wasn't any like there was like i was the only black guy period i was the only black person on the fashion side period there was one black person who worked on the carpet side at Mm. l at w there was a a senior fashion accessories accessories editor, senior accessories editor, um, who you guys may know, Shiona Torini. Mm-hmm. She was the senior fashion editor there at that time, and she was probably like one of the highest ranked black editors. So to be at a magazine where you have one of the highest ranked black editors, you saw that you were able to become 
her mm -hmm. or even higher. Mm -hmm. And she was very supportive of um, of me at that time. But in terms of like like people that you would style, did you find that it was like balanced or did you find that it was just like a lot more white people style as far as what as would end up on the pages of oh the magazine. Was, yeah back then it was like definitely yeah. like i mean you you gotta think like even with uh with the campaigns and the fashion shows and like everything that's happening the transition of diversity is only happening right now yeah how long do you last at at w nine months and so okay so we're looking at a lot of things where it's like about a year about a year about a year was there any part of you that was like i want to be a career guy at one of these publications yeah of course well not I mean, w <laughs> no no i actually wanted to because it was it was it was at that time i knew fashion mm -hmm. at least i thought i did mm -hmm. I, I knew fashion i knew what i liked and w was the magazine i liked and the stress didn't bother me like i used to get there at like nine and leave at 11 p.m 9 a.m. and leave at 11 p.m. The stress didn't, didn't bother me because I I loved it. Yeah. Like, well, you were young and you were hungry. Yeah. Like, L, you get like the commercial pieces. Like, L, you would get like, they would have to shoot like Lucky Brand because Lucky Brand advertised. So they would have to shoot like Juicy Couture. And Just then, because Juicy Couture is yeah, popping, though. Yeah, so that's popping, different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but W, it was like fashion, man. It was like McQueen, Nina Ricci. Um, Helmut Lang. Uh, it was just like all like all the big fashion brands that like was was about. It wasn't about um, commercialized things. It was about the fantasy, the art. Um, and so for me, that's that's what I wanted to do. Did you find that W would take risks though? Just yeah. because just because you know those are names even still like those, those aren't unknown designers. Yeah, definitely. Um, you you have um, W had a strong team back then. So they had Alex White as the fashion director, who to me is probably the greatest fashion director of the last twenty years. Mm. She um, she was so big on romance, and um, she did amazing. Like her her muse was like Laura Stone. So her and Laura Stone used to always do like amazing editorials together. And then you had um, Camilla Nickerson, who's now over at Vogue. Mm -hmm. And Camilla Nickerson was edgy. Like, she was, it was raw. It was black. Sorry, it was sex. And Cam Camilla Nickerson gave you the the deep, dark side of art and fashion that we love. What magazine, like, what fashion magazine would you guys all make fun of? Back then? Yeah. <laughs> um lucky <laughs> hey guys just want to interrupt this podcast to remind you once again that if you really fuck with it's the real if you fuck with two jews and two black dudes review the movies if you fuck with our live shows if you fuck with our merch if you fuck with our music if you fuck with our grand plans to take over 2019 there is one place and one place only for you to keep up with it's the real and find out all the interesting and dynamic things that we have planned for this year jeff where is that that's in our newsletter but by the way yes somebody just said to us on instagram that we curse too much and you are not helping that by saying that f word oh no that flagrant that foul <laughs> that forget about it the forget about it <laughs> 
I'm just trying to, to get people on our side, Jeff. Yeah, just subscribe to our effing newsletter. That's right. And the way you can go do that is DM us on Instagram or Twitter and send us your email address. Or you can go to itsthereal.com and go to our contact page and put your email information there. Or just email Jeff at It's The Real and, you know, I'll, I'll we'll respond. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> F you. That's right. All right. Now back to the podcast. Yeah. What brands did you get put on to early that you're, like, really proud of for seeing even back then? Um, back then, as an intern? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. No. But as if a stylist early, yeah. I could definitely, like, Alexandre Vautier. Like, that was some someone who I supported, like, really early on in his career and my career as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like um, Nicola Formichetti when he was at Terry Mugler. Um, when did you decide for yourself that you're like, all right, I see where I fit in and maybe I can do something on my own? I started after that. Um, I discovered um, an internship opportunity with a celebrity stylist who was styling Alicia Keys at the time. His name was Warrior Vice. And I found Warrior, I found Warrior, um, I think through a friend or something. Yeah, it was through a friend and it was on a photo shoot. And I was like, man, I want to be an intern. And he didn't have an assistant that day. So I stayed the whole day, even though I was just coming to drop something off for my friend. I stayed the whole day just assisting him. And that was for editorial. And then the next week he was like, oh, do you want to help me out? I'm doing a shoot. Didn't tell me what the shoot was. I'm just going around picking up clothes and everything. And then I get to, was we think we were shooting at the Rivington Hotel. And get to the hotel and we're shooting Alicia Keys. Wow. And for me, Warrior really inspired me because the, the reason why I fell in love with Vibe is because Vibe made high fashion relatable to who I am. I'm a, a, a kid from an impoverished neighborhood. I don't know what Christian Lacroix is. I didn't know what Margiela was. I didn't know what Chanel was. Didn't know what Louis Vuitton was. But by pairing it with a pair of Nikes, mm. or pairing it with a pair of bamboo earrings, or pairing it with a pair of Tims, I understood the brand more. So that's what Warrior did for me with Felicia Keys, mm. where I would see the look the same look that Warrior has on Seth for Alicia, I would see it at W Magazine, and they shooting the look from head to toe. But then get to Alicia Key's set, and Alicia is wearing it with a pair of Tims and a bamboo earring. And so for me, I was like, man, I want to be a celebrity stylist. Right then and there. Right then and there. So how'd you put that plan into action? I just started uh, working on Warrior projects a lot more. I was doing five days at W. I went to like three days. Then I went to Warrior for two days, but then I went to two days at W. Then I went to Warrior for three days. <laughs> and then um, June Ambrose had this uh, opportunity on BT Ripped the Runway. And she was like, um, she's looking for, she's looking for three stylists. And I went for an interview to be one of the stylists in this competition. And she chose me. Whoa. And then I styled the segment, and then I got this girl group, 
um, as clients right after. It was called Electric Red. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Binky, Leslie, Naomi, were they, Dreams. Were they working with Neo? Dream. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Dreams right. artists. Yeah. So I got them as a client. And then I was working with them on their project, like when they were like dropping, doing all that press and stuff. And that was like my first celebrity client. Then I, Car- I got Carlene Ballin as my agent, right? Mm-hmm. Which which was dope because she was Huge. she was still working for Jay at the yeah. time, and like she, like full time she was Jay's assistant, right? But then she had this agency with like a whole bunch of stylists, right? And makeup artists and hairstylists. Question. Could you get two tickets to go see Jay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't get tickets. Uh-uh. Me and Jay, me and Jay was in the same boat. I, th- I think I wore too many double collars. <laughs> or not enough. Yeah. yeah, or not enough. Yeah, slotted sunglasses and all that. Yeah. No, um, but she, um, she was definitely, um, she's someone who, even today, man, I look up to because she was one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Like the way she's able to balance things and make magic happen, she is the one who I learned from that impossible is possible because she made anything happen. What was the hardest thing that she like put together? I saw her put like Mary J. Blige's birthday party together in like a week, <laughs> like, and it was like sand, like sand, <laughs> like in the winter in New York. In New York it was a snowstorm and it was like sand. <laughs> Well, if it's a snowstorm, you can get sand anywhere. Because yeah. <laughs> they got that shit all over the streets. <laughs> so I'm not that impressed. You're not that impressed yeah, no. at all. So so you have Carlene as your agent mm-hmm. at this point. What are some of the opportunities that she brings to you? Um, Rock Nation had this artist named Range. I don't know if you remember. So mm-hmm. she bought me two opportunities on the same day. And you guys can tell me if I chose the wrong opportunity. All right, all right. It's either Range. Yeah. So she bought me this this R&B guy named Range. Mm-hmm. And then she bought me Retop. a music video <laughs> with, um, I'm selling Wale, but the video features Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the same day. So which one did you choose? Which one did you think I chose? <laughs> range. I definitely chose Range. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what did, you, what did you see in range? Yeah. Bro, I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, I didn't want to start rapping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nike boots. Yeah. yeah, bro. But I, it was a big difference. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But then uh, I started doing like more like uh, R&B guys. I started doing Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing Lloyd. Mm-hmm. I emailed uh, a person one day. Like their manager, and I was like, "Man, I want to work with you." And manager responded, "Was like, oh, cool. Like, we need a stylist." And it was um, this pop star named Jay Sean. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. And his his manager ended up become being his wife. Wow. Like so, Jay Sean was uh, Cash Money. Yeah, yeah, Cash Money. Yeah. So I was doing like a Cash Money video like every week. Dude. Whoa. Wait, uh, but do you get paid for those? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> let me tell you. A lot of people didn't get paid on those shoes. Oh, I got paid. Hey, yeah. Um. So, just jumping Car- ahead. Jumping- Car- Carlene don't play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jumping ahead a little bit, and we'll go back again. But jumping ahead, um, Rita Ora is is one of your clients mm-hmm. now. Did you know her back then during the Rock Nation days? Yeah. So, I got Rita when she first... I got Rita when she first came to America. So, I've been working with Rita now probably about eight years, wow. seven, seven, eight years. Wow. And... 
a guy when she first moved moved to America, and I remember our first fitting. Like she came in and she was like so swaggy, and then she was like, "Yeah, I just went shopping." I'm like, "Cool, where you went shopping from?" I went to Zara, <laughs> and I'm like, "Cool." I'm about to kill this right now yeah, yeah, yeah. because if you think Zara's hot, <laughs> let me tell yo, you about Century Twenty One. Yeah, yeah. Let me take you to Nordstrom's. Facts. That's one of the kids. The kids wear section. Yeah. I got you. But I, but I had some heat for her. Like I had like Jean Paul Gaultier. I had like Don and Karen. I had uh, like just like really cool brands. Well, what is it about her where you guys can mix so well? Me and Rita. Yeah. Um, oh her yeah <laughs> like like eight years is a is a long time for any like anyone to work together and that's still successful definitely so what is it i think you know with me and rita is that it's it's just a great balance like you know we in a fitted she has one idea i have one idea i probably never agree <laughs> but that argument's the fight, the the disagreement that until we get to that final look is magical. Right. So the the steel sharpens steel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you consult with her when she dressed up as Post Malone? No, though? man, that was yeah. sick though. I, I was, crazy. That was sick. That was sick. No, she didn't even tell me, man. I was surprised. Yeah. What if next year Post Malone asks to be Rita Ora? Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think. Tell me about Zara. Ca- <laughs> Go to Zara. Yeah. His, but his style is Catherine is going to have a hard time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> going to have to do some hair, uh, you know, rearrangements. He, he should do the robe look when she was on a robe and the carpet with the diamonds. Yeah. He mm. should do that. So, so, so you're, you're working with her. I feel her. like should is an interesting word here. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're working with her. Um, you're working in the R&B space. How did you want to sort of like make your mark and let the industry know who you were? Can I be honest? Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't have I didn't have a game plan. So it was like day by day? Yeah, I didn't have a game plan. Um I was just really uh I feel like I just continue to work hard and I worked like uh I'm still grinding. Like even today I still work, I'm still grinding. Like so like even like some some of the jobs I take um I do it because I'm pat like I'm out there like passionate about it or like it they it just inspired me. And you know, with during that time I was just doing projects that I was that I was just continually inspired by and by the time I like I was like looking down, like just like working, 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 by the time I looked up, I was like where all of the people I looked up to was, I was on their level. If you look back at it now, what was the benefit of you just like putting your nose down and just like focusing on that one thing rather than considering like, oh, this is how I'm going to play this and this is how I'm going to play this? I think the benefits is that uh, I can actually afford private school for my kids. <laughs> my kids aren't going to be in the hood no yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. Like, they don't get to choose their outfits though. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get to, my kids wear Target. Cause you know when you when you live in a better neighborhood, like nobody cares about what you're wearing. Enough. Yeah, yeah. So they wear like targeting and stuff. But like for me, it's like that. I think that's the only thing that I really came from was like be able to provide a better life for my um, my family. Yeah. How old are your kids now? Um, two and nine. Wow. 
about to be two or nine. How do you make sure that your kids are grounded? We live a very humble life. My lady's a stay-at-home mom, and she is. She picked my son up from school every day, take my son to school. She still flashcards with my daughter all day, and like it's just it's a really, really, really humble life. Like, like my kids, we don't buy them designer clothing. We, we don't um, take them to fancy restaurants. Like. It's just, it's very modest. Yeah. Where's your mom living now? My mom passed away seven years ago. Oh, I'm very oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, bro. Um, but like when she, when she passed away um, seven years ago, she just, you know, taught us all so much. So we was able to help each other. Our dad passed away sorry, uh, nine years ago, just mm-hmm. like uh, last week. And so... You know, I I know what it was like for us to go through that, and I also know what it means to to reach out to people who lose a parent like now. Because I feel like when we went through it, like it mattered so much about people reaching out to us. So, you know, what was it like for you to to go through that? And, um, you know, I guess not prying too much, but like, was it expected? Was it you know? What wasn't expected uh, for my. Uh, for me, it was a little bit hard to show emotion. I actually went to work like a week after. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was, it was hard to show emotion because um, my my brother at that time he was incarcerated. My older brother, and so I was the oldest boy, so I had to be the strongest, and I had to be there for my young my younger sister, younger brother, and I had to be there for my older sister. So. And and then at that time I was I was the only one who was financially stable, like out of out of us. I was the only one who was financially stable. So I'm paying for the funeral, and I am um, not able to show any emotion. Right. But um, my siblings, um, they they were able to uh, be a rock for me um, in many different ways than just emotion. Like, they gave me strength to, because at that time, I could have just gave up. Like, seven years ago, even though I was financially stable in my siblings, I wasn't financially stable. Like, I, not as a stylist. I couldn't afford to be a stylist. So, for my siblings gave me strength and my niece, my older sister had four kids, and my niece and nephews gave me strength, and they gave me that determination to keep going and keep going and keep going, and I'm happy that they were able to do that for me, because I wouldn't be where I am today. What's one moment in 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 your career where you were just unexpectedly let down by by something that happened? Um. Probably, like, during that time, like, right after, uh, I had an assistant, and I was doing a job. I was probably getting paid, like, like I don't know, like, two grand or something for the job. And, like, that was, like, a lot of money. Like, it was, like, a job. But the person wanted, like, this $10,000 dress, right? So I pulled it from, like, a store, 
And then my um, my assistant lost the dress or the personal client stole the dress. It's one or the other. And now after I'm getting paid two grand, but now I have like an $8,000 hit. What do I do? So it was like, it was hard. That's a nightmare. Yeah, it was crazy. Man, but it's like, I, I'm really, uh, I'm a strong believer in you can get through anything. And um, there's like, I'm not, I'm not religious at all. Like, not super religious. I'm, a, I'm really spiritual. But when I listen to um, gospel, and I'm going through something, I listen to gospel, it really helps me get through things. Mm. So I just put on Marvin Sapp and, uh, and Yolanda Adams, and I was chilling. And you got through it. I got through it. <laughs> like, I mean, I made uh, payment plans, and I paid it off in three months. Holy wow. shit. Yeah. You made the impossible possible. Yeah, yeah. I made the impossible possible. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Carly Ballard. Yeah. yeah. When is the turning point where you become like in demand at every like um runway show, at every like big event happening in the city, every big charity thing? Like when do people start calling you and you're just like, Oh, this is a lot of work right now? Three years ago, Rita is still a fashion star and Zayn Malik becoming a star. Mm. And so that's when he like separated away from yeah. One Direction. What do you think separated yourself from all the other stylists out there? Hard work. Like, I don't think I'm the best stylist. Like, like, like there's some stylists when they put things together. I'm like, wow, like this is amazing. Like, you can style me. <laughs> uh, but I think I don't think there's many um, stylists who can outwork me. Like, I work crazy hours what differentiates a stylist besides just style looking for what's next and then being on making your clients aware of what's next uh bringing uh brands to your client that uh is true to their brand or their current campaign uh building relationships yeah that's it so I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of people from the outside are probably like, you know, what is what is this? Like, you just shop for people, you know? No, nah, bro. I, <laughs> I, I wish I wish it was just shopping, man. Like, it's, it's, so, it's so many things that we have to do. It's like we, we you have to to get the support from like a lot of these um, these brands. It's like you have to support them. So it's like you're going to their shows. You're going to meet. You're going to have dinners with their designer. You're going to their press day. You, when you shoot an editorial, you calling in their stuff. So I mean, it's 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 definitely a lot of stuff that you you do. Like, but for me to even to go back to your questions, like you know, even though like three years ago, that was like the first time where I felt like I was becoming more in demand. This Christmas was the first time I felt like I was a big stylist. Because the the gifts I got were different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they they got me real gifts this yeah. year. <laughs> like before, I was getting like the throwaway gifts. Yeah, little, yeah. like now, iTunes gift card. <laughs> yeah. Now 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 I'm getting like like real gifts. That's dope. Yeah. Well, are you surprised at the fact that that you know you're getting clients that are not just the stereotypical 
people who are into fashion. Like, like your clients are in music, your clients are in sports, your clients may go like even deeper into other businesses. It's it's not it's not just for the like super elite now. It's for like people who are accessible, who are out there on social media and who wanna just shine in their own right and they come to you. Are you surprised at that? Uh, I'm surprised at every opportunity, man. Yeah. Like, no, seriously. Like, um I, I take I take it as a blessing and um I'm I'm totally grateful for, for every single opportunity. Even like when people I was on a text today with a, a new client that I'm working with, and it's like a young kid. He's an actor, and I spoke to his publicist on the phone. Publicist is a, f- a friend of mine, and she was like, "Yeah, I brought you up to him, and he um, knew your work and said that he was a fan of your work." And I was like, "Oh, she's just telling me bullshit. Like yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, is not yeah, true." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when I was on text with him, he was like, "Oh yeah, ma'am, I've been I've been following your work for a long time," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> like?" I wouldn't even think you don't even know who I was. That's dope. Like, I mean, but it, it the, the part of it, even more so than the opportunities of work and meeting these new talent and working with these new talent, when um, these young kids come up to me and they know my work and they tell me that I inspire them um, to become a stylist or to work in fashion. And when they're in my DMs and they're hitting me, like I, ju- I just did like uh one of those questions thing and I like I didn't want to do it like yeah. but I felt like on Instagram yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to I didn't want to I didn't want to do it because I was like man like I didn't want to feel like um fake but or accessible <laughs> no 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 <laughs> accessibility is cool because I respond to DMs yeah yeah but I think more so for me I I just didn't want to seem like you know I didn't want to give answers that were not genuine mm-hmm. right like yeah because you're putting yourself out there and it's yeah. like very political you know you it, have to yeah like right. and instagram is like out Screenshot. there for everybody yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and so i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to feel disingenuous and so i uh, i i did it i did it I, I i just did it and it was probably the best thing that i ever did because i was able to answer questions for people who probably don't have anyone. Like, in the beginning, probably the first three years of my career, I didn't have anyone to ask questions to. So if a person's starting off in six months, three months, and they have questions, and they want to ask me questions, I'm going give to them, give them the answer. Do you have any moments that you look back at and you're just like, yo, I helped create that. Like, that was a moment. Um, two... 2018 was uh, a big year for me, I think, um, aesthetically. I think uh, there were were two huge moments for 2018 for me that I'm blessed and grateful and so excited that I was a part of. The first one is um, Issa Rae went um, all black designers at the CFDA Awards. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a huge moment. I thought it was a huge moment for the culture. And then the second one was um, Ezra Miller and the Montclair mm. at the Fantastic Beast premiere. Like that look, hated or love it. That look <laughs> was like the most talked about look this year. Do you get nervous before meeting someone for the first time, like a like a Gucci? 
I don't know Gucci mm-hmm. because Gucci's the coolest <laughs> motherfucker on earth. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually my favorite person. Well, I I would just think that like because we haven't met him either, but like oh, you guys haven't met him? Not yet. No. Not oh yet. man, I know. Okay, but there's like but there's an idea in my head where it's just like he has this aesthetic and he understands himself like at this point in his life, and it's just like there's a confidence there, and it's just like well how how do you take that and like elevate it? He's also what. The thing about Gucci Mane is that he's he's a team player, so and he believes in um, he he respects people's craft, and he also understands like you know if I'm hiring you, that means that you at a certain level, mm. so I'm gonna trust your vision, like, and man he. He's probably my favorite person to work with. That's awesome. He's amazing. I mean, he was also like super playful in that photo for the New York Times cover. Oh right? my yeah. god, like, the, the, the Times flower. Magazine. Yeah. yeah, amazing. He's 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 amazing. Yeah. I, I I can't wait for you guys to meet him. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. I hope you guys interview him because he, same. He's, yeah, he's dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. I you know we we went to a Fashion Week thing a couple years ago, and this is maybe after his like first breakout year. And he was there, mm-hmm. and he was getting a little attention, and then it's just become like, oh no, he's everywhere in fashion, and like a big player in terms, not just on the field, but like in this world. How do you take what he has already built and and push it? For for Odell, it's uh, for Odell. He has been on the cusp of streetwear probably for the last four years, so. I feel like I can't even elevate him in that in that in that way, like because he he has been like one of the, one of the forefront on street culture, um, streetwear culture, yeah. um, from wearing Supreme to making a brand like a Mary Hot, like like he has been that person, yeah. Like, um, so does he consult with you on his hair? Nah, no. bro. <laughs> I don't think I could sell with any client on glam, really? on glam. It's not just like part of the whole like package. Like nah, I think I think females more so. Like mm-hmm. you know because like they want references and they want this and that and they they want the moment and the look. But guys, I feel like they don't even want you to know they have a stylist. Mm. That's interesting. So I just I fall back. Does yeah. anybody come to you and say like yo? yo and you're like, well, what are your what are your interests or what are your like what are you thinking and what's your vision? What's your vision board, whatever? Does anyone ever say like yellow? <laughs> <laughs> you just did. <laughs> Yo, my twenty nineteen is all about yellow. Like now, just like but, the well, feeling the what? mine's all about coral, to be honest. The, I'm doing the, that pantone color. Yeah. No, but what that that would that would be dope. Yeah. That, that would be dope. All right. We'll see. We'll try it. We'll, the black yeah, one's you know. great, though. We'll t- thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. I've been working hard at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. Uh, Odell, Issa Rae, Gucci Mane. Um, Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Are there, that was crazy. Are there yeah. so many people reaching out now, honestly, where you are able to, to turn down business because you're just like, I can't give you everything that I would want to? And is that a blessing and a curse? Definitely. Uh, I think more so it's uh, having to turn how projects I actually want to do. Like, yeah, there's a project next week that I'm probably going to have to turn down. There's yeah. only so many days in the year, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's like turning turn, turn down work that you actually want to do 
you know, but you you have to uh, sometimes also like choose sanity. And so if I'm able to spend one day with my daughter, but I'm not able to work with that one person I want to work with, I'm going to spend that one day with my daughter. Are you like Kanye in the sense where you're like, I have to get my whole family looking right and like every extended member of my family is going to look right and we're all going to be el- head to toe, ball man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, no. Wow. No, not at all. Um, I have a rule. Um, if you're my friend or my family, I will never work with you. So Cam Kirk was up here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and, and Jeff was like, have you photographed your parents? And he was like, no, and I never will. And he's like, I have a rule that I just won't. I want to separate, you know, my business from my my personal life. Uh, For me, it's like uh, family take things. Family and friends take things more personal Mm -hmm. than my clients. Like my clients could yell, scream, (laughs) like they could say they hate something. They could threaten to fire me, whatever the case may be. Or I can't can't fire you. Well, no, your family can fire you. No, they definitely can fire you. (laughs) But like a family meeting and be like, hey, like you need to. No, go away <laughs> but it's like the i don't want anyone to hold on to a grudge yeah or i don't want to feel type of way towards towards my um uh, my family mm. and for me um like my, my lady she does she does a great job like making sure the kids are like dressed and stuff mm-hmm. um she even dresses me sometimes my All son right. my son dresses me a lot is that right yeah like because my son wants me to look a certain way. So, <laughs> Which like, is what? Um, yellow. He wants, yeah, yeah. Yellow, for sure. <laughs> my son wants me to look like a hype beast. <laughs> yeah. So he, he goes in my closet and, like, he he, pull, he pulls out, like, all the hype beast stuff. Yeah. And I'd be like, dress me. And he would then he'd be like, he would be good with the, the first item he gives me. And then the next item he gives me is, like, a little bit hype beast. And then the next item he gives me is, like, oh, you look like you, soup. Like you look, you look like I look like a sixteen-year-old kid. Yo, when yeah, I, when I'm dressed by him, you got but, that off-white belt. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I let him do. It. I let him do it sometimes. Wow. Yeah, I let, I let him dress me sometimes. That's dope. Yeah, he's that, he's the two-year-old. Not yeah, yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, I was like, man, that'd be that'd be dope, though. <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. I need. I should get my daughter to be a stylist now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think about the Instagramization of fashion? How so? Where it's just like, because I feel like that's what sort of like made fashion very accessible, but also very important to a lot of people in a way that it probably wasn't this, like, when we were all growing up, I don't think it was as important in people's lives as it is now. Like, I think now it's like, not only are you showing off for your friends and, you know, you're wearing um, pieces that make sense for your lives, but now it's like you have to wear stuff that makes sense for your followers and everybody out there in, yeah. the, in the quote unquote out there. You can only wear it once and yeah. then like you have to be like in it a different to, outfit. Yeah, yeah, it has to be like colors and it has to be patterns and it has to be bolder. I think that's like the entertainment industry as a whole is, is more highly coveted. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that also means that the fashion industry is more coveted. Um, celebrities are more out there. There's more carpets now. It's more street style now. And so a lot of these, it's on it's on Instagram so like so much, yeah. like, and so I think that a lot of people want to keep these these aesthetics, 
and to keep the aesthetic of whatever they're putting out into Instagram. Well, mm-hmm. but isn't it also that it makes fashion quote unquote easier? That it's like as long as it's um, big or bold, then that makes it good. Like as long as it's weird. No, um, I think that fashion is fashion is whatever you make it. It doesn't have to be big, bold. It doesn't have to be small. It doesn't have to be um, muted. Like it's whatever you make it, and I think that's what. The good thing about like I follow like a lot of these young like style bloggers and I'm able to see how they put things together, like things they find on a trip or mm-hmm. things they go to the thrift store and they find things. And for me, I get so inspired by them having style and not just having the latest Gucci look or the latest Dior look. Or I, when it comes to us, like we're we're wearing the latest Pata. <laughs> you know, we're in, that is true. We're in the latest, uh, yeah. you know, A Life. Yeah, I like A Life. A Life yeah. just sent me a dope thing for Christmas. Yo, shout, shout out to Sandrine. Yes, yeah, yeah, Sandrine, yeah, yeah, Sandrine yeah, the yeah, goat, yeah, baby. Yeah. She's very rich. She, yeah, yeah she's, oh my god. She's so when you're a star like Sandrine, Yo, she makes she makes like a, a, a boot look good. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I'm saying like the boot is in she, she hurt her foot. She hurt her foot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of content from Sandrine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but well, yeah, no, we're always dripped in the latest, you know, pata, and I just yeah. feel like a lot of people are jealous of that. <laughs> Do your clients want you more for their Instagram, or is it with the goal to get them? in a June issue of some magazine. I don't think client, my clients care about me so much. Well, like, because I saw your Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah. No, no, my Christmas presents are from the brands. Oh. <laughs> I, get, I get nice Christmas presents from the brands. Oh, uh. I don't know if I got nice Christmas presents from clients. I'm still waiting for it. I mean, I'm waiting for all of you guys. Gifts. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who's listening right now. Russell. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're gonna send my address after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, maybe they went to the wrong address. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think my clients want me more so for to build with them. I think I, I do. A, I think I do a good job with like helping them to build and understanding their vision and just elevating their vision and um, keeping a clear identity and consistency through that campaign. And once you have consistency of and clarity of your campaign and it's something that is authentic and genuine and people are following it, brands would want to be more attached to it. Brands being attached to it can get you a campaign, can get you a cover, can get you a lot more things. Totally. Well, that begs the question then. Do you see your world as sort of building towards something? Fashion is a, is a sort of big term, right? It can be a million things. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you could work with an artist on more than just the way that they dress? Yeah, because I look at it as a business. I don't. I don't look at we're wearing uh, a life mm-hmm. just the way a life. I'm wearing a life because. I'm a, I'm gonna make a life into a life ten years ago, mm-hmm. and bring it back when a life is su- supreme, and then my client's gonna be the face of a life, and then my client's gonna get a check. And oh, I'm, see, I, I wear a life because I'm making a statement with my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's like it's like more like like 
thinking the 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 long term of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like and thinking about it as a business, like you know, because it's like you you have to. Clothing is a business. It's fashion industry is very political, and it's like it's either you have to be on the cusp of knowing what's next, or you have to be able to acquire what's the current trend. Was there ever a trend? That you were just like, I really, really, really don't want to do this. And you had a client and they were just like, that's the only thing that I want. I want to have stupid, like, like <laughs> fucking bags over my, like, you know, like a fanny pack over my shoulder. I want to have, like, fucking... Have you tried them? No. no. Okay, so I was against them. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. I, I, I was against them. <laughs> like, my, my son... He wears wears it, mm-hmm. and then my um, my my father in law, um, he uh, he's he's wearing them. He's like fifty something, sixty. Like, is he, he pulling it off? Yes, bro. Like, but he like he's stylish. Like, he wears like triple S. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he wears like Supreme. Like, he he's stylish. Like, he's he waits online outside of like you know. <laughs> nah, he because he on Fairfax. He, yeah, yeah. He he probably pays a little kid. Okay. To do yeah, it. yeah. Like, yeah. like he, he he has a few sons. I'm sure he pays somebody. But he uh he he was wearing it. And I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? We went to Carmine's right here. Yeah. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, what are you wearing? It? <laughs> and then. I went to LA and I went to open the ceremony and it was like uh there was one and it was like forty bucks. I was like, I'm gonna get it. I put it on, I put my stuff in it, I'm walking around all day. I go to I go to dinner with friends, I pull out my car for dinner. Yeah, I'm like yeah. this It's amazing. No. So you don't think it's going away? It's too late now Bro, though. I don't wear it. Mm-hmm. But you see the the purpose in it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what about regular fanny pack? Have another story. <laughs> <laughs> so, I went to uh, my 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 uh, shopper at Louis Vuitton, who always gets my money. Rudy, shout out to Rudy. Shout out to Rudy. Rudy hits me and he's like, "Hey, I got a Louis Vuitton fanny pack, all LV." So I'm like, "Cool." But that's when I just try the OC one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get it." And he was like, oh, I also have the 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 Virgil Virgil's Louis Vuitton bag. Like, mm. I like cool. I'm gonna get it. So I get both bags to the house. Of course, my lady's there, and she opens the box and she was like, "Oh, you bought me a bag." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "She's like, I wanted this bag. Of course, <laughs> of, of course, I didn't remember that she wanted this bag." At all, because nope. I don't pay attention. Right. So I, so. But now you remembered correctly. Yeah. So yeah. now I remembered. And I'm like, oh, you did, oh yeah, you know I got you this bag? Yeah. The bag was not for her. <laughs> and then I get I get the Virgil um, Louis Vuitton bag, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to put this on. I'm going to try it on. I'm too fat for it. <laughs> Bro, so I'm like, yo, I lost twice. Like, what? What, yeah. what am I doing? Could you trade one for the other? Bro, no, because that was the last one in the store. Like, her, her bag was the last one in the store. And I didn't want to... If I would have got... If I would have traded and got the same bag as her, she would have been like, oh, you never got this bag for me in the first place. Oh, no, I'm saying if you convince... Like, you're a stylist. You can convince her, like, no, 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 you don't want this one. No. <laughs> you want way the, more fresh than the other one. Yeah. No. Uh, she she was, she wasn't having it. She want, She really wanted that bag. <laughs> 
Right. Um, the trend is your favorite trend, the UGG boots. Yes. I had, cli- I had a client who wanted to wear them. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah no. And I wasn't. I was, oh, oh, Crocs are back. Like Crocs are fancy back. Crocs. No. Yeah. Yes, no. they are. No, you're talking about the Balenciaga one. I no. am. Platform no. Crocs. But also, Crocs. Look, no. yo, so I saw Questlove was down at Art Basel and he was wearing them because you had to wear them on like a, a yacht because they didn't want to scuff up the like, you know, the floors or whatever. And he was like, I was so wrong about them. They're my favorite things ever. And he couldn't believe it. Chefs love them. Com- comfortable, but not stylish. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I mean, I wear a lot of things that, that are not stylish. I'm not going to lie to you. I do own a pair of like Ugg boots, but not not the ones that like everybody wear, the lace ones. Mm-hmm. During the winter, going outside, putting your car- garbage out yeah. at like 2 o'clock in the morning and it's mm-hmm. freezing. Mm-hmm. It's the warmest thing that you I can't relate. I throw my garbage down the chute. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just, but at least you don't have to shovel no snow. Yeah, yeah. That's very true. Oh, that's a good thing about having kids. So when you have kids... Mm-hmm. You put them to work. Yeah, them to work. Yeah. Yeah. They, they shovel the snow for you. They shovel the snow. They yeah. style you. And you know no. what? You can wear my yeah. Uggs out there. And, Go and ahead. it's not yeah. like interns. You don't have to pay for it. Like, yeah. It's like, it's free. That's why you had kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just have to pay for their private school education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Not yet. Like, All right, we have to talk about airlines oh let's do it so you are in this elite status of people who fly more than there are days in the year and that is called again the concierge card concierge key oh key i'm sorry my my apologies you worked hard for that so yeah let's get it right yeah the concierge key and how many miles do you have to get to to get the concierge key um this is my third year becoming concierge key and it varied each year, but uh, like one year, first year I got it, I think I was flying like 180, and then my second year I was flying like 240, and then this year I flew like 230. And that's hundreds of thousands. Yeah, two thirty thousand miles. Yeah. So you can have a plane wait for you. N- nah. <laughs> they, they do. They do call you. They call you Mr. Rembert. Yes. Um. Do they call you Mr. Jason? No. Okay. Do they? Do they give you wings? No. Like, do you get to? Do you get That'd to be, be cool though. Yeah. They, they should. They should give us wings. Yeah. But, like, do you get to like go up to the cockpit and be like, "Oh wow, yeah." <laughs> Take a picture. Yeah. Nah. Only, only thing we really get is like, you know, we're, we're like the first people to board the plane. Sure. Um, like if I land in like London, they would have like a car waiting for me to like. Um, the airline to, does. Yeah. Yeah. To, All right. Like like a to drive me to customs. Do they fill out your custom card for you? No, I gotta <laughs> fill it out. I wish. <laughs> I wish, man. Do the do the do the uh, airline attendants know you by by face at this point? Yes. Yeah. Yes, a Crazy. lot. Like, yeah. The, the pilots too. Are they just like Jason? And you're like Tom. What's going on? Like, <laughs> not that like, bad. Real smooth ride back to you know L.A. Yeah. No, not <laughs> not not so much, man. I you wish. get to pick your seat. Yeah. I mean, I I, I fly a lot. Too much. Like, like I fly, I fly a lot, especially like New York to LA. Mm-hmm. I'm always on the same flight. I'm always on like the first flight and the last flight back. Yeah. So like everyone knows who I am, and they like they show me a lot of love. That's dope. Do you have a lot of friends who are like passengers as well, like the regulars? Yeah, it's like one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one. Yeah. And, and so like, do you guys sit together or do you, no. you like the wave? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the head nod. Yeah. yeah. All the time. You guys you guys have your own like ASAP mob type of like, you know, handshake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, no, it's it, it's it's so dope, man. Like I, I didn't qualify yet this year though 
from Mosaic on yeah. JetBlue, I usually always qualify for at least like two airlines, like their highest levels. But I didn't fly enough like JetBlue this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. got to make up for it. I, I got to make up for it. But JetBlue is like where you like see it, like everybody. Everybody's always on it. Yeah. Does JetBlue send you like blue like chips for like Christmas or something like that? No, nah, man, no. they need to. Yeah. Every, no one sent me Christmas gift. I, I think everybody like don't have my address. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I should. Problem. I'm gonna post it on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Did you move? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely moved. <laughs> no, no one has this address. No, nah, I'm. I'm not giving anyone my address. <laughs> no, good. Correct. Yeah. Like you have to spell that. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah these are all jokes. Yeah, yeah. You can know. DM, but you yeah. cannot get. Do you guys so. go to Carmines? No, I've actually never really. been to Carmines. I've been there like twice in the in the time we lived here. You yeah. been to P.O.P.O.? Oh yeah, definitely been to P.O.P.O. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm always over here, bro. Uh, yeah, why don't you hang out? I don't know, bro. You, you didn't send us any COVID, <laughs> Like I had, I had to get invited over. Like Yo. like yeah, you had to show up at like eleven o'clock at night on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I'm telling you, you probably be having some crazy parties here. Well, that well, is we're not about, true. We're That's... about to now before we move the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, almost what? burn the place down. <laughs> Yo, listen, thank you so much for coming up here on short notice, number one. Of course, bro. And congratulations on not just like the hell of the year that you had like in 2018, but you did what your mom wanted. You made it out of that apartment. You made it to a bigger house and a bigger life and, and a bigger 2019. So thank you so much. Congratulations. And uh and safe flight. Thank you guys for having me, man. No this of this course. was fun. Yeah. Like like you guys are actually really good at this. Actually, actually, yeah, yeah. So I think I think we should really like yeah, continue to do this. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, no, like I don't know if you saw the, um, the the I don't know if you guys follow the Shiggy show. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was like you know I'm gonna say every year this is my year. Yeah. Until it is my year. So yeah. no, you guys should keep doing this until it's your year. Well, yeah. thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. I, People keep saying, like, yo, 2019 is my year. I'm like, nah, 2020 is my year. Like, I'm <laughs> thinking in the future. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jason. Of course, bro. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Jeff, people want to find out more about us. I'm Eric. You're Jeff. Together, we are It's The Real. If people want to find out more about this podcast. It's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. And we are 230-something episodes into our insane run. Jeff, if people want to find out more about what's going on with us, where can they go you can always go to it's the real.com i-t-s-t-h-e-r-e-a-l.com go to it's the real.com slash shop go get some merch yeah go to it's the real.com and leave us a message and send us your email for our newsletter yeah please do that do that we won't send it to time warner <laughs> we don't even get cable from them anymore no it's true you can always go and find our podcast on itunes and SoundCloud, and CastBox, and Spotify. And all you got to do is just search for It's The Real. That's it. That's it's it. so simple now. Type It's The Real, one word, no apostrophe, no spaces. That's it. Into the search bar. How do you do it? And you will get a waste of time episode. What? And you'll get two Jews and two black dudes episodes. It's that easy? It's that easy. It's that easy. Do it now. It only takes 45 minutes. Tell a friend. You can also go and find all of our music. Search for Teddy Bear Fresh on Spotify or Tidal or whatever. Or just search It's The Real. Who cares? Just search for It's The Real. Yes. You can also go and find us on social media at It's The Real on Twitter, at It's The Real on Facebook, at It's The Real on Instagram. It's like we've made this process streamlined. Wow. It's that easy. <laughs> no more spilling coffee. Not today. Nope. Not in 2019. Jeff, we put out the word. We said, hey, 
If you subscribe to Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies on iTunes right now, right now, and you take a screenshot right now, right now, we will shout you out right now, right now. So Jeff, who are we shouting? I want to shout out Zoetic 5D. Big shout out to Zoetic. The thing I like about Zoetic is that they put the pronunciation oh, really? in the thing so that you don't fuck it up. That's smart. Zoetic. Shout out to Anna Says. Yeah. Anna C. I want to shout out Anonymous Hippopotamus. I like that. Also known as CJ Mark 810. I also want to shout out Ron V11. All right. We should also shout out This Is Legs. Who says Eric Sheik Styles and Jeff the serial killer? All 2019, you guys are the best at what y'all do. Now, Neg, you're the best. In, you're missing the fuck out. Shout out to Lord Lux 16, Stephen Lux. Yeah, big shouts to Stephen Lux. Shout out to Prince Slime Ryan Jimenez. All right, I'm down with that. I also want to shout out Jeff Vander Dolan, All aka right. J Monkey, aka Young Kudo, reporting for duty. Our longtime listener from the Netherlands. Oh, man. And by the way, my favorite part of that, it doesn't say subscribed in English. It says Jabberniers. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. As we all say around here, <laughs> whenever I go Dutch. Uh, I also want to shout out Jabari Sampson or his screen name or whatever you want to use. Okay, so what are you the fat quagmire? Well, what do you want to use, Jeff? Who I'd you like shout? to say Jabari Sampson. All right. He said, love both the podcasts. Keep doing your thing. I will. But mostly because Jabari said so. Great. Uh, let's also shout out Flexington Steel Fernando. Yeah, shout out to Fernando. Who says not for real, for real. We should also shout out Pedro Casas. All right. Who we know from meeting him in Austin at South by Southwest. This is true. Shout out to Pedro for leaving a comment. Pedro. I also want to shout out Bro Knowledge, a.k.a. Ned Slanders, who says, I'm stoned, forgive me because you fucked up. <laughs> I also want to shout out... It's a great uh, name, by the way. Ned Slanders. Yeah, it's great. I want to shout out A Breezy. You're... Yeah. I want to shout out Timbo Slice, a.k.a. Mr. Break It Down, who said shout out to one of your favorite New Jersey fans. And by the way, a huge supporter on Instagram. Who says that he wants to pick the movie next time. He's still better than Dave the Intern. I don't know that he can pick the movie next time. It's my choice. But I do know that he's better than Dave. He's better than Dave. And also, I want to shout out Scoot Ghost, Old Man Will, who says that we are the fucking best. No, you, wait, are the effing best. <laughs> you, the you, the best. Is that it? Actually, let me just say, I want to shout out Gord's UK. Okay. Because he might have been the first one to actually send us a screenshot. Shout out to Gord's. Thank you all for going to iTunes and subscribing to the dedicated feed for Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies. Jeff, as always... Not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Brrrr.